0: Grace, peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. My granddaughter Aubrey was talking with my wife Suzanne the other day, and she asked Suzanne if she still thought about her mom. And Suzanne told her every day, I still miss her all the time. To which little Aubrey said with great confidence, that's okay, you'll get to be with her in heaven, and then I'll get to be there with you too we gathered for Bible study this past Wednesday, we started, as we always do, with a devotional time based upon the second lesson for the coming Sunday, which means that we read this passage from Ephesians that we just heard. It made me think of this exchange between Aubrey and Suzanne and the comfort we can find in the promise of eternity. After I read the passage on Wednesday, I went back and I read it again to the group and asked them, to share then what phrase, what words stood out to them from this passage filled with the promises of Jesus. And it was a beautifully holy moment to hear which part of the passage of promise stood out to them as Paul assures the hearers of the resurrection hope that we have in our baptism into Christ. It's All Saints Sunday, and we remember the saints that have gone before us, the saints baptized here this year, including Bennett, who was baptized last night, and our own designation as saints of God, baptized into the one body of Christ, the hope of our calling. Here again what Paul writes in the final verse of the lesson for today from Ephesians He says, and God has put all things under Jesus' feet and has made him head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Or as another translation says, the church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts and by which he fills everything with his presence. Christ speaks and acts in and through the church and the church is the means by which christ fills everything with his presence one of my theology professors defined a saint as someone set aside for god's reign god's reign that we participate in now as we gather together as the church around the gifts of god's resurrected son so that one of the great reformation teachings was that we are simultaneously saint and sinner we are sinners, those in bondage to our own will. We're focused on ourselves and our own selfish, self-isolating desires that can lead us towards despair and bitterness, but that is far from our only identity. In fact, God intends for it not to be our primary identity and most importantly, not our ultimate identity. No, as Paul says, we are marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. And this is the pledge of our inheritance towards redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. Our ultimate identity is found in our participation in the reign of God already coming among us now. And we point to it in the goodness of this world. We touch it, we taste it, we feel it as we share in the water, the word, and the meal. And we experience it as we work for God's peace and justice in the world, as we gather as a loving community with each other. In one of my favorite old classic comedies, Caddyshack, Judge Small says, I'm no slouch myself. And Chevy Chase responds, don't sell yourself short, Judge. You're a tremendous slouch. I think it's indicative of the message we so often get about ourselves in the world. Why even try? Just go back and turn in on yourselves because you don't amount to much and everyone will just end up hurting you anyway. But Christ stands among us today to say no. Christ stands among all of the saints from now and from before and from the time yet to come to say no, I have destined you for far more than this. Christ stands in the midst of our community of faith, drawing us towards himself and drawing us towards each other, reminding us that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses in the communion of saints that continues to support us. Paul again says, I ask, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life that he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy. Boundless strength. A different translation, but one that I think gets at the heart of this message for us in Ephesians 4 today. We need to trust in this promise because we're called to important work in this world. Just as we need to trust in our own inclusion, we are called to demonstrate that there is a place for everyone in the kingdom of God. Just look at our gospel lesson for today and Luke's telling of what Jesus says about the nature of the kingdom of God. Sometimes Matthew's gospel gets communicated as a symbolic language in the Beatitudes, but Luke here makes it very plain. The kingdom is about inclusion rather than exclusion. The earthly, sinful world that causes us to doubt ourselves and then also leads us in a pursuit of justifying ourselves to divide things between the haves and the have-nots. We all come up with all kinds of rationales for why this may come to be, but Luke's gospel cuts through them all and proclaims God's favor for the marginalized and the excluded. It may be challenging work, but we are called to have mercy and to burn with justice for those who are oppressed and left behind by the ways of this world. In essence, Luke's gospel proclaims that the kingdom of God looks like the world flipped on its head. Blessed are the poor. And because he knows that the world is not going to like such a message, he says, blessed are you when people challenge you and say all kinds of terrible things about you. It's okay if the reason they're doing this is because you've been so welcoming, so generous, and so gracious, and you've done so to agree that they're not very comfortable with it. Do you see the distinction here? Because our view of the world calls us to begin to live into the time to come now, Our table that we set here always needs to look larger, more welcoming, more gracious, and more generous than any table being set by the world. And if called into question, the main distinction that Jesus makes in the way of justice is who is more generous and welcoming in their approach. These are the marks of the kingdom. You may remember how we described them this summer as we talked about our vision of a world restored with grace and peace. We're building a culture where love and life win, where all means all, and where generosity is contagious. We seek these things because this is how we begin to live into the vision of Jesus for the world. It's how we begin to see the heavenly kingdom here and now among us. And it's how others come to trust in God's vision for the world. When we welcome and incorporate the marginalized, they see that God has an eternal plan that includes them at the table forever. And this is the good news. Not just good news for us, but good news for all. God's calling us to find common cause with our brothers and sisters in Christ that all embrace God's calling to serve all people. And if there are other Christians that don't join us in this calling, we do the very challenging work then of not dividing, but rather maintaining a posture of welcome and invitation to join us in this work of justice for all. For the work of God is the work of healing and forgiveness. We serve a God who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and this may be the hardest work of all, that we don't cease our work of justice, but we also don't stop our work of reconciliation, even with those who deride us. This is the vision we are given. This is the calling of Jesus And so we draw on the strength of each other, and we draw upon the strength of those who have gone before us. We draw upon their love and their witness and all about them that showed us a glimpse of the kingdom that is to come that's already beginning now. We take this open posture towards the world. So with the eyes of our hearts enlightened, we may know what is the hope to which He has called us. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power for us who believe? Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.